Hello, Mr. Bauer, visiting me in Barce Barcelona. Yeah, hi, Rich. Yeah, this is the first episode we do together that we are like sitting face to face, same room. Right, same big room. We've been in rooms together, but and we've talked about doing podcasts, but we didn't get to it. No, because we are so busy. Yep. And today we were very inspired to yeah. to do it. How do you enjoy your time in Barcelona so far? Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great city. So um, it's winter now as we record this. So uh, in Netherlands it's very cold, and uh, in Barcelona you can just nicely warm up. Yeah, enjoy the good food and uh, yeah, and the good company. And uh, we had some nice conversations and. Uh, it's really time for us to record something. Right, you right. Just, you just said that we don't have time to create anything. And the question is, I guess today, if this is really true, or if, if there is something else blocking us from from doing these kinds of things. Because I think the last Curious Coders episode was many months ago. So Yeah, it's been some time. So yeah, what are, what are you up to, Rich? Yeah, I am also happy uh, to be visited here and to talk about all the different things that we've talked about. And one of them was uh, where the blocks, right? Like, um, what's blocking us from from doing creative work, like doing an episode? What's blocking us from writing some code sometimes? Um, and what's maybe blocking us from from focusing that's also an, a possible thing yeah and yeah what's the difference between um focus block content creation block and code block yeah is there a difference i think difference is pretty small i think if you talk about building software or creating content and you talk about shipping stuff and you ship something else perhaps, but still, what what can you do to keep on shipping stuff or keep on creating stuff? And this is about creativity, but also about uh, finishing things. Uh, so it's January now, so you can say, yeah, we just had the, the, the December and all the, all the celebrations and things, so we were really busy. Uh, but it's a new year as well, so maybe we have some new inspiration. Mm. Uh, another thing, by the way, but also for me personally, is uh, when I do content creation, uh, I, I do it mainly for myself, I think. I, I learn a lot from it, from creating content in many ways I do, but also the fact, the thing I create content about. So I guess my feeling for this year is to, to for my for myself to level up a bit and to say, well, how can I make more more impact on other people with my content instead of only impact on myself? Because mm. creating content has a lot of impact on yourself in a in a positive way. Yeah, and maybe that's one of my blocks too. That I feel like I should challenge myself more to to level up in in the quality and in in in, in you know, the frequency as well. Maybe. And in the meantime, I I don't hardly create anything, so. Yeah. What is happening there? Right. And if you just say it like this, then there could be a reason of this whole thing being very big. Like it's a very general thing and it's more of a want. I want this big thing. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a bit and maybe see if there's also something more concrete behind the big thing. But there's one thing I wanted to mention about like focus, focus blocks. Because focus blocks, they can actually, it could be that you have very well scoped scope task, tasks um, and goals. And you know what to do, actually. But, and you maybe even sit down to do it, but then you can't get this thing done because you can't focus and there are also different levels to it. so maybe you can't focus because of lifestyle things um not everyone is affected by this um, but 
um, when you have when you have a rough weekend, for example, and then um, you know you wake up and have shitty food on Monday, and then you have a lot of co- lots of coffee. For some, it's it's a good thing. For others, it's like it doesn't let them focus. Um, and this whole lifestyle thing that can be detrimental to your overall focus. Even if you know what to do, you have your tasks at work or um, your uh, your personal goals, and you sit down and you just can't get the energy together to do the thing. So, I think that's one thing I was thinking about in terms of focus. Yeah, but maybe also focus on where or how many different things you should create things about. So will you just be all over the place with, yeah. uh, like, like we tend to do with when we're blogging. So we, we blog about testing, we blog about programming or about career or about soft skills, or we create content about creating content. So we are all over the place. Yeah. So you can also maybe think about focus on a specific topic for yourself, a topic that you find is interesting and you hope that other people will find you for it. Yeah. And th- this is the next level of focus, uh, like yeah. the higher level, yeah. where once you fixed your, your your energy levels, your body, your environment, yeah. um, everything fits together to let you focus in the minute. Um, you, the next level is to start focusing on the on the vision. Yeah, ha- having like having a, a vision, I guess, would help. Yeah, um, and then we are already at the at the thing at your vision for this year, basically, uh, to do maybe more things and. Yeah, how how do you focus into this vision now? Like, how do you scope into it, right? To to start actually doing it. Um, Yeah, because for me personally, I believe that you should focus on something that you that you really uh, believe in, or where you really find inspiration from. So, so when we're talking about these different topics in in software development, then. I'm interested in many things, but then I'm also always looking for the thing that we're talking about something that I have this extra feeling of, yeah, but this is cool. And, and I want to, I want to talk about this and people got to know and th- th- this feeling, you know? So yeah. I remember we were talking about uh, this, w- this, this week about career and about, uh, about coding, about frameworks, about many things. And then we talked about testing and I, and I, the testing, I always find very interesting. So we went to this meetup in Barcelona here. And there was a good good talk about testing about mocks and stops and and I thought, yeah, testing is this topic that I find really interesting to um to learn more about to to find to to find my own um thoughts on it and share them and maybe give like a an an uh, another view on things that 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 other people might have so that that if people want to learn more about testing that they can listen to different people and and find their own opinion and their own way of how they think things should be done so i think this is about really about finding something that you're passionate about and then if you found it then uh you will come into this point where you will just start creating like you said you you've you figured out your other things that were blocking you your environment and then at some point you want to create something and then you found the thing that you're passionate about and then it's time then you will probably start creating things this that's how it works for me so right there are some steps and and that's also why it sometimes just doesn't work and that's i think it's fine i don't personally i don't think it it, it is good to create like a lot of content like every day every week but sometimes that just doesn't happen and i also try to accept from myself that that's fine and that's it's not that i need to make my living out of it it's just something that i do for fun right 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 yeah i think it's a it's a really great point to that you have to do the thing first and then then you will find it it's not like you can just think yourself into it no right it's about and this is the whole premise of the curious coders thing right it's um it's very explorative it was always like 
uh, like you said, all over the place, but it's also about um, figuring the thing out for ourselves while doing the thing or something. Yeah. Um, that, that's, uh, that's a good one. Did you notice we had a blog ourselves as well, just be before we started recording, we were, we were talking about what this episode would be about. And we, we, we mentioned some things, how we, how we, what things we should say first and then that, and then how the structure would be. And then this was, this was good. I, it was helpful, I think. But it, it also was kind of a block, kind yeah. of. We should just start, right? And that, that's not always easy because just starting out could mean that it's not always good. Yeah. And yeah, I was thinking that you were procrastinating. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yes. Yeah. It's also a form of procrastinating. I think overthinking things in general is also a big block, uh, big blocker, can be a big blocker for creating stuff. But I went totally with it. Like, um, I, I enjoyed um, supporting this. Yeah. And at the same time, I noticed that we have uh, this happening a lot of times where we are out of practice. So when we did um, the thing, podcasting thing more regularly, we had less of these set yeah. of things and we were more in the flow of just like starting. Yeah. And once there's a bigger break between it, we all, we tend to take more time to kind of yeah. uh, get into, for, yeah, groove ourselves yeah. into the whole thing yeah. before. <laughs> it is groove, yeah, and yeah. But but still, also the fact that we feel maybe that the, we're doing this now for over a year now, and, and not that we do this every week or every month, but we this whole curious code thing exists for more than a year now. We I think we still also feel that we should become better at it better quality somehow whatever that means but if that would be blocking us from doing it then we should just do the thing indeed and and just explore like you say and right this is this is for everyone i guess different to find this to find this that you say okay whatever i just gonna do it now and yeah yeah uh, you also touched on a good point where you touched on this thing of shipping every day shipping every week or which is a very popular thing in the marketing and um, content creators world to say that it will be very great for your life if you ship every day. Like the CTO of the company that I work for at the moment, CEO, uh, Russell Brunson, he's like the, one of the biggest sales guys in the world. And I read his books like long time ago. I read one of them. I re-listen to it now. And one of the things he says is that um, if you create content every day for one year, then your life will change. Mm -hmm. And that, and this would mean for a podcast, this would mean you do a little podcast every day. For a blogger, it would mean you do a little blog every day and it doesn't have to be big, <laughs> um, but you will see that if you do it as like the other point of it, um, that if you ship every day, you have less time to ship more of the quality um, things that you could have shipped. So now, okay, after 30 days, you have 30 uh, small blog posts, but you didn't spend this time to create something really big, uh, or not really big, but something really high quality, really deep dive, um, because you were, yeah, doing the small things. Yeah. Of course, you can you can debate about quality because it doesn't necessarily mean that if you make a big thing for in one month, is that a better quality than all the small things? But that depends, I guess, on uh, how easy, for example, if you do a podcast, how easy talker you are. If you can, if you really can just pull it out of your sleeve and just start talking, and you have one like five minutes or a podcast, and it's just perfect, and then then that's also a quality. But I think what you mean is if you have uh, a bigger project with with some more thoughts or some more uh if you want to create more value out of it i guess maybe is that kind of what you're 
what 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 is what for you would mean that it's when it's bigger that it would be more quality yeah so i for example i could throw together when i write a post about testing web apis which i'm doing for example right now and i could probably throw together something in one or two hours which will be a bigger post already and i could just ship it on the and it will be just my opinion and here's how, how i think and like that's here's an example yeah that would be the the scope of the blog post um for for this particular blog post right now i don't want to do this i want to dive a little bit deeper so i want to see how other frameworks are doing this in ruby rails for example like you know we have this notion of code generation in ruby on rails and i think one of the reasons why the current testing stuff happens as it happens is because of the generators because they suggest to developers um like how code could look like and then developers take it a little bit as a face value that is kind of my uh, assumption right now and then i want to look at different frameworks and what they generate one thing and then the other thing i want to look at um open source code and see like how do actual actual big tools like gitlab um other open source uh, web apis that are actually in uh, in production and hit by thousands of people how do they test their apis and all of this is like it's not feasible in the same amount of time Mm, that you would just write the, the blog with an example with your opinion. Yeah. But sure. what you're saying is true that, of course, you could um, like spend this time, this additional time that I'm spending now in diving deeper. You could also fall into the trap of spending this time into editing and re-editing your article, which then... Of course, it would be have been better if you just shipped it. Yeah, yeah, or both maybe that you that you would have like many small blog posts or something like collection of two kind of uh, as a journey towards the big thing. And you could even publish the small things. Well, the actual thing you want to publish is the big thing, and then at some point you have all these small things, and then the big thing is kind of ready, and then you can publish that one. Mm, yeah, and maybe you can throw away the other ones. In the meantime, I don't know, but uh, not sure about that. But uh, yeah, uh, and but it's also about the impact you want to have with this. So, so if you write a small blog post, it would have another impact on another goal than this big thing. Is it? Is it also a difference with that? It needs to be that quality is and and the, and the size also says something about the impact it can have. Maybe. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was also thinking about this. Um, you could take the bigger thing and chunk it up in smaller things. Um, that's, um, it's not always as easy no. probably because like this, but maybe, maybe it is actually a good idea. So you have the, in this example, you would have the actual blog post with the example and here's my opinion. And then you would have one post about this is how the frameworks do it. And then you would have a conclusion. Yeah, probably this is why Rails developers are testing it that way. Um, and then you could have another one that's talking about how it's tested in the wild. And you would keep like keep creating, keep publishing. The question is if if they on their own become less valuable. Mm -hmm. That could be a thing because they're kind of out of context and you would need to read the other one maybe to, to understand better this one, um, or you would have to repeat yourself. We are talking about blocks now. Uh, is, is it coincidence that we, that we, uh, that you come up with this topic that, that, that we, that you say, I'm, I'm creating this, this bigger thing and you're talking about blocks. Is that this has something to tell about this in, in your case? Yeah, it's, uh, I think I mentioned that. Yeah, I'm writing a post. Yeah, 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 and um, 
I'm writing it for, for a longer time already, or I started long ago. But I also, as you said in, the, in, the, in our intro, I don't really make time for it. So, and probably there are times where you, I guess you can't make time or it's more difficult to make time and you don't bring up the discipline to make time or uh, don't put the effort into making time, which is also sometimes a thing on its own. And I think in, in these um, examples or in, in these situations, it's also good to look a little bit at this whole like software development thing in comparison, which is also um, can have a similar touch to it, right? Where creating code, if someone throws like a big issue on you, uh, it's not that you don't have time to do it because you're kind of you're at work yeah and you're paid <laughs> yeah. to um to do the thing but it's uh you might be you could go around an, a bigger issue that's not scoped out well and not chunked up and if you don't have the processes Especially that that's a big problem for beginners, right? Yeah. Um, they don't have the processes in place. And it becomes too overwhelming. It's, it's too big and you start, yeah. I, but, but by the way, I think that's for everyone, right? Even if you're not a beginner, then still bigger things can be a bit scary and a bit overwhelming. And you think, how, how, can, I, how, how can I start with it? But also, how can I finish it? And... Not that it takes too long, and also that how can I know that I'm doing the right thing? Do I do I ask and do I get enough feedback on it? So I guess that's also a reason why you, if you have doubts about this big thing you're working on, that make it in small pieces can help you with feedback or with just testing or checking things. And it's all the same for content or or software developments. It's all, yeah, I think yeah. the same thing. Right. Yeah. I, I th thing with time. For me personally, it became much easier to to tackle bigger tasks because if there's a huge task and it just says like fix this, then and you know it's big, then probably the first like my process there is to first it's not a, a the task is not fix it but investigate and understand like what's the minimum information you need to to approach the fix and then you can like think about how to fix it but first it's like understand the problem right and then you have these situations where you have where you already know what needs fixing but you have no idea where to look for it and um, or you have an idea where to look for it but you, you kind of it's it's not transparent how to fix it mm -hmm. in which case I like, but you, you are at the stage where it's time to code. Yeah. And at this stage, I find it really helpful to ha have a process, another process, which is something like TDD. Yeah. Uh, so when I don't have clear vision of how to start approaching the, a like coding problem, I start with a test, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I like to start with the test. Also, when I know where to start, I also like to. Start yeah, with it. yeah. Sometimes I like to start in the REPL. So like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what I want to say is, sometimes you have to to build something, and you have to use a specific API or a specific tool for it, which is something new or it's something complicated. And you know this uh, up front, and you can also, for example, say, well, I know this part is can be challenging or difficult, and I, I, I'm not even sure if it will really solve my problem. So you can also start with that part, so you can just start with the most difficult part of the whole thing. Hmm. And then if you, so for example, uh, some li library or something, and then you just start uh, like a, do a proof of concept with it, and at some point you understand how it works, and you're also seeing that it can help you with this big task you need to 
like and then so then you know so then you can do the regular development of well testing and just building everything around it which partly will be maybe just something you did before but then the, the difficult thing you have to use for it that can be then something that you did first so because then if people ask you so how, what do you think about the challenge of this task then then you can say well in the meantime i i've i've, I've um, fiddled around with this this thing i need to use and it looks it looks really good i, I it, it does a good job so i i can use this it, it will help me and uh, i can just build thing now and i'm a feeling about how long it will take and it can also be that you say well no this i cannot use this it's not a solution for for, for this task and i you need to look further for something else to use for this before we can even build it right. and and i don't think what uh, so testing td is very important but i think that that this is a specific part you cannot do with testing so it really depends on your task whether you can you can start testing because it's all clear or whether you need, still need to figure out maybe this difficult thing you might need to use in, in for this task so yeah. it's really identifying uh, these things i guess that's I think it takes also experience, maybe right. that you recognize this. I've done it before. Last time I uh, I screwed up uh, because I underestimated it, and now this time I will do differently. Yeah, yeah, these are great points. We have yeah, basically to unblock us. Um, maybe one one tiny thing we we talked a little bit about focus. Um, blocks about the, the the primal one where it's maybe on you like your state your environment um just to go back there and sum up all the solutions um i think there is also one one thing you know like taking some distance right is a, a frequently used and mentioned thing yeah like going for a walk um taking a break yeah um what else is there yeah for the primal ones uh, yeah well i, I it's also do you think i'm uh, sorry yeah it's it's, a, it's also about a lot of about accepting so if, if your environment or your situation is in somehow not it, it cannot work now because there are uh, it's December or because you have a family or because you're busy at work or whatever so you, there are other things and, and you don't have any influence on them you cannot you cannot change them then also accepting this and say well it is, this is what it is uh, but but if you can indeed yeah taking distance from it right it, yeah just taking a walk is is for me uh, personally an, an immediate um, creative process can start yeah. which I cannot have at home sometimes yeah all right work take okay taking distance that's a good one uh accepting and fixing your environment yeah. maybe it's not the time to do it um also fixing your environment for me can mean like putting on my headphones um yeah that fixes a lot of uh, things also most recently i started listening to brain fm which is has some scientifically proven apparently um music to to give you more focus in your brain um yeah and and talking with other people so so uh, i was i'm definitely in this 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 kind of a block that i don't create much and now i'm talking to you the last few days here in barcelona and that's that's really helping to 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 uh yeah to to talk about it and then find new inspiration or just uh because then then you can say yeah but you have you tried this or have you tried that so also something not only going out for a walk but also talk to other people right. who, who can inspire you or can help you with whatever you want to create but well right. don't do same at work colleague yeah uh if you're stuck you you talk it through some uh, with someone you rubber duck with chat gpt yeah or with your yeah uh colleagues and then it uh, magically solves itself yeah um that's a great one so these are all like intermediate things you can just do and yeah helpful in creative code blocks uh content creation blocks yeah then we talked later a little bit about um what was the other thing the the, the other solutions we just kind of talked about um to the to the bigger problems chunking things up yeah and uh, having process yep 
And before that, we also talked in private um, about a, another thing. Do you remember what it was? No, I don't. Um, hmm. It was a, another good one. I guess we'll save it for later. Yeah. Yeah. But these are kind of kind of the things that will. Ah, by the way, the for for creating it's not just talking with others for creating code for creating solutions for creating content yeah um it's also like watching talks and reading books yeah is like reading books for me is a big one that's some kind of something that's a different way of thinking it's a yeah. different mode of thinking that brings me um that loads some some good stuff into my brain there and yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah, I, also if if for example if uh, what I find inspiring if I uh, listen or look uh, or read from other content creators, where I can identify with and how they create content that 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 that's like resembles how I also want to do it, and then when I watch or, or listen to them or whatever, then I get this immediate uh, feeling of oh yeah 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 I can I also I can also do this this for example this person you can really they are really authentic and they do it in their own way and it's a little bit maybe raw and unpolished but they do it and they just do it and I don't and then I look at this person and I think yeah yeah I should also do it so it also is sometimes motivating and but there are also creators who create like this crazy quality stuff that that you really think oh man this is i can never do this and well, maybe then you should not listen too much to these people if you're looking for inspiration maybe you should look at them to to learn from it but not maybe not if it not if it doesn't help you to start creating again yeah i think that's also so so for example i i like uh, jason langstorff and he's like he's like a very big creator but the way he does it is to me very inspiring so I'm nowhere near his 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 level, and he's like a professional co content creator. But just how he how he brings his stuff that to me is always very inspiring. And but also just normal people like us who just do it for a little bit, like on the side for a hobby. If I read blogs for other people, and immediately think, oh yeah, this is, this is how simple it can be. Just put it out there what you what you want to say. Yeah, and right. Yeah, that's yeah, and. A similar thing is maybe goes for code. I know a lot of um, authors who who recommend to read a lot of code. Yeah, that's maybe also something. It goes in a similar direction where you could fall into the you could encounter code. <laughs> I guess, yeah that's very good and inspiring and you could also probably encounter like code base or code that's too good or you think like how did they come up with this stuff okay yeah. i learned from this yeah uh, even that's interesting yeah so then then for me personally it's always very important to keep things to myself so if i see someone who is from another of, an, of another level then that to really be mindful about okay but this is them and uh, this is me and i cannot do this I, w I don't want to do that but but still i'm what i do is fine as well so that's how i kind of try to to distinguish this from from who you are and what you want and what you can do and what others do that right. don't don't feel like you should you're not good enough or something like that that that's not that's very difficult i think if you look at other people then you have the feeling that you're not good enough maybe but I think I'm always looking for like the inspiration and, and like enjoyment of what I do, and then if I'm happy with it, then that that's the most important thing. Yeah. But but still, like I said in the beginning, uh, it would also be cool if you have some impact on others. If you create something and others find that cool, that they also learn something from it. So that's also where the focus comes in. That if 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 you're all over the place with all of the topics you do, or that you say no, no, I'm. Uh, it was in your case, like I'm the API guy. Yeah. Then that people know I have to go to Rich for API things. If I want to learn about API design patterns or just just experience in general with building APIs, and so that it also can also be it can also help that pe that you that people know where to where to find you for. Mm. Right. So right, it's also something I like to to explore a bit this year. That I think that's yeah. Uh, 
While you're talking about this, I'm also thinking about social media. Uh, this is where you usually see those creators or also coders sharing their stuff, right? And there, there is a negative aspect to it, like you mentioned. Um, and I'm thinking, what are more things you shouldn't be doing uh, to get focus, to, to keep um, getting code out in acceptable chunks um, and content in acceptable chunks? Like, I think we both agree that there is a balance in terms of it's great to get things out, be it code or content. It's also good to to have some certain quality to it. So th there is a thin line there. Yeah. Um, and everyone needs to to pay attention to not fall into the trap of endless refactoring, yeah. endless editing. Um, and rather, if you take additional time, make sure that it's um, because of you you're adding additional real quality. Yeah. Right? So, but. So what are the things that you shouldn't do, um, for sure? Um, are there any things like, okay, you shouldn't, um, maybe kill your body, you know, uh, with stuff that makes you unfocused the next day. Yeah. That's, um, that will help your focus in the short term, the term, probably long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, the thing is, like a constant. Uh, also checking with yourself: uh, Do I like this? Am I in the right direction? Not only with the content or whatever I create, but also with with myself. Indeed, like, is this not costing me too much for for what it's worth? You don't have to do this. I guess it's something you do maybe for fun or for just to learn something. So, I kind of checking on yourself, maybe of. Uh, so, so, so for example, if you if you think oh, I should really do this, and then when you try and and it doesn't work, then yeah, you just think about it again. So don't force yourself. I think if you talk about don't do things, then don't force yourself doing things that don't feel well or that are just not realistic, given your situation or given your whatever there is. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Where do you find the line where you know that you didn't you tried enough? And you didn't jump off before it became good. Yeah, Th that, that's also a thin line. Yeah, without an easy answer to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the motivation. Maybe the motivation is one that that if you if you have a job or if you're creating stuff or whatever you do, am I it really? If I listen to myself, am I really motivated in doing this, or has it become like this thing that I in the beginning uh, like? Um, decided to do and now I have to do it because that's what I decided to do back then and but am I still motivated and sometimes yeah sometimes you you discover that that this big project or whatever you're doing is not not is not anymore like what you expected from it then you can stop doing it or you can go in that direction or chunk it up in pieces or but yeah I guess that's something to to check with yourself am I still motivated and yeah. Doing it and yeah, that's right. Uh, a lot of times, the things that are worth doing it, they come, they keep coming back, and you keep thinking about them, and that's probably a sign that um, you even maybe if you t took a break with them, that's maybe a sign you should retake them. Yeah, uh, and like maybe become more serious, um, or try something try out something new in this space you know yeah example apis um like i had times where i focused more or less on apis but in the past years they always come back yeah and i end up doing something new with them or trying things out and having new ideas and um it just builds on each other and if you see something like that, if you see like a red line, which might be fading from time to time, but in the end, it's still the red line is still there, then probably that's a good thing yeah. to to keep on. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I, I work with React all, the, all day on my, at my work, and then uh, there is a lot of things going on in the React land. 
So then you, you might have the feeling, I should really look into this. I should really dive into this because I should. And then I think, no, uh, it somehow it doesn't feel like for me to do that now. And then also accept that and say, well, don't do it now because so React uh, server components or something like that. It's, it's really cool. It's not, it's not there yet fully. I don't need it. So I can also just do other things, focus on other things. That's also fine. Right. So yeah. not, 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 not forcing myself to still look into it. No, the time will come when I need it and I will look into it. I will be fine and I will find out because given the experience then, then I will, I will find out in the, in the time. Yeah, man, that sounds great. I think we have, we presented the problems, a lot of solutions, uh, okay. possible solutions to try out at home. Don't try it out at home. Actually, don't listen to us. <laughs> uh, no. if you want to. Yeah, no, try it out. Um, keep in mind the things that you might, maybe you shouldn't do, maybe. Um, and there are probably more things, of course, yeah. uh, but it's an outline. And yeah, do we have any final words about this one? Uh, no, I think it's, uh, that's it. And um, I guess it's time for the final question. The question. <laughs> the question. So, yeah, what have you been curious about in the past time? Yeah, uh, I uh, last year I gave uh, a talk uh, at a few meetups. Uh, the talk is called uh, The Wonders of Content Creation. And every time I give this talk, well, I give it two times now, twice, uh, I want to improve a little bit on it, like or sometimes depending on where I give the talk to focus on other specific parts of the talk. So I'm keep on, on, on changing the slides and, and, and the things I want to say. And what has happened is that I have introduced, uh, an anti-pattern. I have, have a few, few slides in my, in my presentation that have bullet points. And that's, that's a red flag, uh, at least for, for, for me, I think slides should be like really minimal one word, one sentence. I also know that you also uh, uh, preach this, and uh, so so the, my, the what I'm curious about in the coming time because I will give my talk in April again uh, probably. How can I make my, my my bullet point slides into something smaller while still having the message I want to give in that slide? Because in that slide I maybe want to explain a process or some steps you can take. How can I make those slides more? appealing and I guess visually appealing. And well, you gave a talk last year at RailsConf about exactly this topic where you show how everyone can, can draw and how everyone can enrich their, not only presentations, but in general communicating in, in, in software development with, by using visuals. So, um, yeah. I think I will be very curious about in the coming time, how I can use your help, maybe your knowledge in how I can make my, my, my presentation better so that I have a more appealing, uh, yeah, station. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm preaching the one <laughs> point per slide thing, uh, but yeah, I, I like to. I, I like this approach. So I learned this from some really great presenters. I saw how they, how they do this, and I like this because it a slide was just one word on it or one uh, sentence of the point you're trying to make. Um, or a picture, it's getting the focus uh, closer to you as the presenter. And the the, mo the biggest benefit of a person presenting uh, in, in wherever is that the person is there and the person transfers the knowledge via it's uh, their like words and their energy and they transfer the things into your brain um with their presence basically and it's a different thing than just reading something or seeing a picture or anything like that right and having a lot of stuff on the slide means the focus shifts to the slide yeah and you don't want it. and like the biggest presenters what they do they don't have any slides at all like that's that's the next uh level and it's maybe not always uh, that's probably great for 
um, sales talks and uh, things like that. Maybe not for uh, or pitches or whatever. For a technical talk, you also want to give people visuals to be on the same page. Yeah. Um, so adding, yeah. One thing maybe before I ask you this question, like uh, in terms of technique, if you want to show a process, um, there is actually room for a slide with steps or for a slide with bullet points. Um, and there is a nice technique and we can talk about this when we look at your slides in the next weeks. Um, there is this technique to introduce a bullet point, um, leave it there, introduce the next bullet point and gray out the, the previous bullet point a little bit. And then in the end you have, um, yeah, a couple of, or let's say five bullet points or whatever you need there, 10 and the others are grayed out, but the focus is always like you're presenting along the bullet points yeah. while they're building up there. Um, th that's a great technique to have still like, yeah, have. showing the relation between the things you want to say, which are the bullet points. Yeah. They are really related, so you want to have them kind of together in some way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it could also be, um, now we get more into the visual thing, so it could also be some boxes and like, you know, like this business process yeah. or whatever, be, they are sometimes good to show here is like step one, here is step two, but there is a decision to make and if this, then that, and then yeah. like, um, all like these type of things, there are tools for that, um, that can make them nicely. So you don't even have to actually, um, have drawing tools or anything. Yeah. Um, Excalidraw, it's called, for example, that's yeah. a great one for having boxes and whatever visualization, simple ones, but yeah. still sketchy and like, yeah, keeping it simple is also important, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then the next thing, uh, you can use is like your drawing power basically, but this is where you need to, you need tools. And you don't need really, you don't really need skill. Maybe just like you need to get comfortable with it and just do it. Yeah. And I have uh, when we have our session with the with the slides, I'll show you some really early slides of mine where I started do, doing the drawings a couple of years ago. And when I presented them, it's nothing special. It's like I don't have special drawing skills, right? But the feedback I got back then, and this what what kept me going, is that um, I got the feedback that it's kind of it makes the whole overall thing um, more special. It gives it like a unique touch, yeah, personal touch, yeah, that you will never have with a with regular slides. And if that creates this emotion in people, uh, you know how some say that. People won't remember what you say, but uh, you, they remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And if, if you achieve to create some kind of emotion, even with some silly drawings or something like that. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that would fit greatly with my with my talk because my talk is pretty uh, personal. Let's talk. It, it's about content creation. I try to to inspire people or to convince them that it's a cool thing to do because you, you you can learn a lot from it and it's very cool to do and. And then to make it personal is how what I try to do by the things I say, and if I would use some some visual drawings or whatever to, then I stay a little bit in that more personal thing. I I, I think that if I would use tools like Excalibur and these kinds of things, then maybe it would feel a little bit less real in some way. I don't know what it is. So I think that's also what I will look for that to make to keep it or to make it more personal. The slides, mm. although indeed. Maybe I should not have slides at all. I can just tell my story. <laughs> but yeah, that's maybe for people who uh, who are not afraid for these kinds of things. So yeah, right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, I, I like this. It, uh, we should uh, yeah we should talk about this more. Yeah, when you're saying not having slides, then um, 
well, you could have also show other things, physical things. That's also can be fun. Yeah. I didn't have no idea what, but just yeah, okay. that's something worth exploring, I guess. Um, well, yeah, one question I wanted to ask you, like, uh, before I started my, my thing, um, what is holding you back from having less bullet points? Because I know a lot of people, uh, tell me like, um, this was my first conference talk and I, I had I know I had too much information on my slides. And then I, I'm wondering like, yeah, what, what holds you back to have less? Yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I remember that uh, the last time I gave my, gave my talk, I, I added on the last day or in the last hours before the talk, I added some slides or I, I updated them somehow. And I kind of maybe panicked in that I, oh shit, I really should say, say this as well and this as well. And how can I then now make it clear? And then uh, bullet points and yeah, this is a process. Okay, add the slide. So it, it was also about giving myself, I guess, the time to say, okay, five bullet points. This is, this is true. This is correct what's, what's here. But how can I how can I squash this into one sentence? Mm. So maybe it was a little bit also about time because my whole presentation is with one word or one sentence mm -hmm. slide in general. So okay. it's, it, is, it is something I do. But then there are a few slides in, in, in now that don't have this. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's definitely I, I feel that I'm going maybe in panic but but or something like that. But I'm feeling it's going the wrong way. So I should now do something about learn a new way to to um, to do this yeah that, that, so. that's how that's 100 like one of the root causes because when i just start creating a presentation a lot of times i just bring down something on a slide yeah. in the form of bullet points and then kind of later you figure out like yeah. how do you chunk it up into digestible information yeah like this. yeah so. yeah let's let's take a look at it um in the next weeks we planned our session yeah and we'll do youtube video for sure that actually shows those things um and yeah that'll be cool yeah i'm also thinking uh, right now uh, in my curiosity um universe about again like cre creating API content and like bring more visuals into it, but it's not always something you can force. Um, and you want to make like the, the, there are different types of visuals, right? Some that just to make it more fun, uh, more unique and some to make more or to actually visualize something may make it useful. And yeah, there, there needs to be a balance when you create a talk or content um, between these things. Yeah, so maybe visuals are like a, another tool in your toolbox that you can use. And But if you give yourself time to, to, to try different things, bullet points, visuals, but also one word per slide, all these things, if you give yourself the time to try these different things and you can maybe come up with a, a structure that is uh, yeah, still unique or personal, and but not not too much or something like that. I can right. imagine. It right. just takes time polishing these kinds of things. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Um, also, I was reading a book, which I find... Actually, I started reading this book um, in 2021, I think. 2021. Or 2022. I think it... It just was published in 2022 and I started, I went halfway through, it's called API Design Parents for, uh, API Design, no, it's just called API Design Parents. And I picked it up again and read it from the beginning um, la last year and now I finished it and I just wanted to share like the the joy of reading it can be it can be a real thing so it, it can also be very valuable but it's also it, it takes some time sometimes um uh, do do you read 
books lately? Yeah, sometimes I, I technical have, books. Yeah, I have a few. I sometimes just pick out specific chapters because it's that I like to read them because I then I can look up how uh, what what was it about this this topic again. Right. So reading a whole book, not not often, but having a few books that I can just refer to any 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 time. That's how I like about functional programming, for example, or about these kinds of things. So that yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're cool. more of a reader than me, but uh, yeah. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It need it needs to be a habit to do this. So you kind of need to stack it in somewhere. Yeah. To actually do it, like one chapter in this API design parents book takes like for me like forty minutes. About like between probably if they are shorter or longer, more or less, but on average. And in the end, it's like 30 chapters times 40 minutes. That's yeah. 20, 30 hours. This is what the the experience I have. Like tech books, for me, they take about like 20, 30 hours to wade through, which is kind of, which is time you have to make. And if you make one hour per day, then of course you read one book per month. And that's that. That will be fun, I guess. But yeah, yeah. that's quite some time. Um, API design patterns, great book. A lot of patterns that we like. If you ever created an API, you probably have API design patterns baked in, and stuff like pagination or um filtering so um or just the you know the different methods like um reading updating creating deleting uh, crap right yeah this is a an api design pattern like um it's it's called standard or the guy calls it standard methods mm. so a resource can have these kind of standard methods and then they can have something like mm, custom methods mm. custom methods is not the crud ones it's something like we have an example like yeah list bananas create bananas uh, update bananas delete bananas and oh. then a custom method would be uh i don't know <laughs> open a banana oh like that like more rpc uh, kind of or no it's still in the HTTP. in the kind of rest structure so you still have the, the endpoint is called still bananas yeah. um ID slash ID slash open. Oh yeah, like that's the rest way to do this. But yeah, no, I was like, I don't. I haven't read uh, Roy Fielding's uh, oh, rest yeah. thing, so I don't know exactly what's in there. Um, maybe restful is rather you. Everything consists of um, those standard methods, but maybe I'm wrong. But that's kind of the feel. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is. Yeah. So. So you have like an opened uh, bananas resource, and you can just post a banana to it, and then that banana becomes open. I think it's right, like right, 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 right. I think th this is rather th and like custom methods. It's more it's a thing in API creation yeah. world because it makes things that just much more usable and it makes much more sense. And in some cases, yeah, um, rather than you create new resources, it makes it easier to learn the whole thing because the more resources you have, the, the harder to learn. Yeah, it is. So these are like the standards, like the, the usual things we're using anyway, day to day when we create APIs and we might not know about it and they have all of them it's funny like the author describes all of them uh, in a really nice way he's like a very thoughtful guy so he has always like a lot of questions and what we do what do we do if this happens and, oh yeah uh, but there's an interesting question when this happens and then he's going into a lot of detail with all of these things so that reads really great 
um yeah th that's a very inspirational thing by the way like reading guys like these like yeah what, what i want to say is you have like uh if you're looking for a specific topic then there are probably many books about the same topic and the, the, then the the thing you have to do is to find a book that that somehow is appealing to you and how they they write things out mm. are you looking for these really dry theoretical things or are you looking for a bit more uh, fun or or yeah i don't know what it is but Right. Um, uh, for example, I, I remember Head First Design Patterns as a book that that talks about design patterns and object-oriented programming, and it's full of cartoons and everything. And 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 but still, it does a really good job in explaining all these design patterns. And I remember reading it, and it was like it was like a joy to read. So, yeah, I have so it on my list. I yeah. have it at home, but it's still yeah. in the list queue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in Java. I, I remember. Yes, even the second I have the newest edition, it's still in Java. Yeah, yeah, it is. But uh, ideally, uh, the good good books they they have to choose a programming language or a framework. Yeah, that's what they have to do. But but still, ideally, you should you should be able to read through it. Not yeah. not only because right. you're experienced programmer, but more in general of how they how they write it down and how they try to explain to you these patterns or whatever they try to explain to you. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah and yeah so i would just recommend everyone read this book and books in general and we love mm, how this goes and we'll certainly talk more about this stuff and in, in the near future yeah looking forward to it so do you have anything else no then let's wrap it up here thanks for listening <laughs>